Well, hello everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Audiophiles podcast. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, this is a podcast where me and my co-host Griffin talk about all the music that we love, and sometimes music music that we don't love as well. Uh, but we'll mostly, get to that. Mostly hate. Mostly hate. Mostly hate. Yeah. This is a very negative podcast. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a very positive podcast. We're here to expose music to the masses as well as our opinions. And uh, as I said, my co-host here is my number one meat master, oh. Griffin Holt. <laughs> well, I can't deny that one. So that's that's hey, true. Facts, facts. <laughs> uh, we're here on this lovely ninth episode to talk about the. Uh, we we made it to nine, actually. Yeah, good point. Because well, hold on, uh, this hasn't been published yet. So yeah, well, <laughs> theoretically, if you're listening to this, we've made it to episode nine, which means yeah. we broke through that damn average, and yeah. we are officially on our way to stardom. So uh, we'll see you all in our rearview mirrors. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And. We're taking this ninth episode then, extra special, to talk about the album that is on everyone's lips, uh, Fear Inoculum by Tool, and I would just, I said in the Slipknot episode that if you didn't know who Slipknot was or you weren't aware of what was going on that I couldn't do anything for you, but I I feel like it almost applies more to Tool, so if you're still confused by what we're talking about, (laughs) I'm going to need you to just go ahead, X out, and we'll catch you on the next leg of the tour, and uh, that's that. Uh, but anyway, also a few, a uh, few little things before we really get into the meat and potatoes. Uh, of course, thank you to everyone for listening. We've been getting, uh, more and more interaction on all of our Instagram posts. And I think we are at like 51 or 52 followers as of recording this, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, for, uh, the amount of promotion we do and for the subject matter that we talk about, I, I think that's really great. So thank you to all of you that are listening and following us on various platforms thank you. Um, and keep interacting with us. Cause that's super, super fun. And, uh, sort of going along with that, one of our friends of the show who we've mentioned numerous times on here, our good friend, Brian Bailey, um, he is in a band that we've talked about, uh, called unspell and they are a little emotional hardcore outfit, uh, from the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, they just released a new song and video for their, uh, sort of kickoff of all the things that they're doing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you can go over to YouTube. You can check that out. They have a little article written up on, uh, a, a website called central track, um, but it's a cool thing. We love to be able to promote any of our friends' work, and I know they're all really, really excited to release some music to the public, so go give them some love. Their Instagram is at unspelltx, uh, and they would be very, very happy if you went over there and uh, gave them some views on the video and also told them what you think of the song. So please, 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 please do that. Brian's the drummer, our friend, so uh, really critique the drums. That's true. Go that. extra hard on the drums. Let's go yeah, ahead make and sure, get. <laughs> yeah, if you can EQ it in your on your end to really just highlight the drums and let him know, he would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and just send us a copy of that mix when uh, you just kick all the drums oh, we'll, up. We'll really break it down for him. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> that is a whole episode. We're gonna talk for an hour about Brian's drum parts. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> so that's what you get when you're friends with either of us and you want us to uh you know listen to some music so just prepare for that when we start the uh, patreon page that's what well, that'll be part of the yeah the, <laughs> that'll be that'll be part of it send us your shit we'll critique it <laughs> yeah it's like those people who say like you know send me five dollars and i'll roast you uh yeah. that's yeah. that's us <laughs> i'll do it for free <laughs> you don't even have to send me five bucks 
so anyway, go and, and check all that stuff out. That's uh, it's fun to have friends producing music in any capacity. Um, and then that leads us to the thing we always do at the beginning of the show, which is talking about what we've been listening to this week. And uh, obviously, we've been mainly listening to Tool because it's the album is like fucking ninety minutes. But still, who, who is this Tool band you keep talking about? <laughs> yeah, who? <laughs> it's a it's a Tim Allen cover band. Oh uh, shit! Oh, it's Tool Time. Oh, I thought yeah, it's Tool, tool, time. tool, tool time. Okay, all right. I'm uh, home Improvement Radio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, so this week for me has been a little, again, a little uh, lackluster comparatively, but um, Griff, do you want to start us off or would you like me to? Uh, I did last time, so it's it's all you, baby. All right. Well, I'm I'm going in. Uh, I have been listening to a band called uh, Nova Charisma and... Wow. (laughs) <laughs> they are they're a new little super group i guess you would call it it's uh oh okay i know the lead okay. singer uh slash drummer of hail the sun donovan yes. malero and uh the guitarist slash songwriter from i believe the band stolas uh they're, they've done other projects together they've they've been in other bands things like that um they're sort of of the same ilk musically speaking um but it's just a two-piece and they released an EP, uh, I think a few weeks ago now, called Exposition One, and um, it's just three songs, uh, but it's it's really cool. I liked it a lot. I'm a big fan of Hail the Sun. I think that uh, mainly I was drawn in by the fact that uh, the guy is drumming and singing at the same time, and uh, it's, it's very he, interesting. He's doing that in this, too? Uh, yes, I, as far as I know. I mean, I think that he also helped write um some of the bass lines as well because i saw some like pictures and things of him in the studio uh with a bass as well as behind the drum kit so i believe he's sort of doing a couple different things here um and i I don't really know how it would shake out live to see them doing that i don't even know if they're going to play this stuff live uh but it's it's sort of i mean it's in the vein of the other projects that they've done it's a little less post-hardcore and a little more i don't know i maybe a little more poppy a little bit more electronic-y uh to a degree but it's i mean it's all still real instruments um but it's it's really good i really like the the guitar player um he it sort of brings a different sound to donovan's drumming and his singing and uh it's it's really catchy stuff like i said it's only three songs but i've, I've had them stuck in my head all week uh but i i would highly recommend checking it out and i think that's sort of piggybacking on that if you haven't checked out Hail the Sun as well, I think they're another band that uh, everyone should at least give a shot to. It's not for everybody. It's essentially like the, he he sounds he sounds a lot like uh, Anthony Green. That's like his biggest influence, the the singer. Yeah. And but like I said, he's drumming and singing at the same time. So you know, like, what else can you ask of a man? No, yeah. When I was uh, drumming and singing in Videl, he was a huge influence as far as how he does it. And <clears throat> the way he goes about it but he's also got a glass jaw tattoo if i remember correctly so i believe that is true yeah he's he uh he loves like his biggest influences i i follow him on twitter and instagram and a lot of his biggest music and uh influences are ones that i'm very partial to myself he's very very much a fan of like i said anthony green and circus survive but he also um draws a lot of influence from things like glass jaw and then also uh mars volta and i'm actually i know you are not a big mars volta guy but i'm i love I don't mars dislike volta. him but yeah i'm just i just don't know their work well enough to yeah critique it i mean that's fair i that t- yeah i actually i had a boss one time that uh 
we were talking about Mars Volta and he was a big fan and he said he had seen them live uh, and he said that it kind of ruined it for him because it was just like watching five dudes jerk themselves off on stage. And I mean, that's the show <laughs> I'm trying to get to. So <laughs> where do I start? Uh, yeah, seriously. Can, can we can we jump on that wagon? Uh, but anyway, I love Mars Volta and he he very clearly draws a lot of his um, like vocal uh, sort of like stylings from Cedric and uh, it's good stuff though. Anyway, Nova Charisma, Exposition One, it'll take you 10 minutes literally to listen to it. So uh, please go check it out. I think it's a good one. And I like the album art as well. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I remember he posted about it, and I just I never checked it out. I thought they were just saying they were a band. I didn't realize they had made something already. That was what I thought whenever they first announced it as well, and then I saw it was like on my Spotify recommended to me to actually listen to the EP, and I was like, oh, well, yes, please, I'll go check it out. And I would assume, being called Exposition 1, that they're going to just probably release, like, probably pretty quickly, a series of these little... Uh, short burst EPs. We'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I I recommend it. It's catchy, and I think everyone will enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I saved it. I'll check it out. Three songs is pretty easy to check out. Yes, yeah, the, I could, that's it's like the equivalent of whenever you get to play like a video game that only takes you like three hours to beat. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love that's, it. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> living the dream, baby. <laughs> uh. Yeah, me as well. I, didn't, I mean, Tool came out Friday, and we had a holiday weekend, so not a lot besides that, but I do have one thing to talk about. Um, <clears throat> so um, the album I've been listening to, and I actually listened to it, or discovered it earlier this year when it came out, and I don't think we've ever talked about it, but the new Copeland record. Oh, uh, we have not talked about that, and I yeah. actually kind of forgot that that even came out this year. Uh, it's called Blushing. Um so, um, kind of my backstory with Copeland, I couldn't, I, so they came out with Beneath Medicine Tree. Um, I saw them open for, um, the early November in 2003. So they were touring off the rooms too cold. Me mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, a friend were there. And oh, you mean the best early November album? Oh, what? They're actually coming out with a new one this month too. They are. Uh, I am, I am curious. Yes. Um, but anyway, so they were touring off that at Copeland Open. We didn't know Copeland, but uh, if you've ever listened to the first album, you know, it's basically piano. It's got some piano rock to it, but I think they opened the show with Brightest, which was a bold move. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is. I, I remember thinking it was fucking sweet, but the people I was there that I was there with were not into it. And I think maybe they got into them later on, but they like it was just it was so different at the time to see a band like that doing what they're doing. I mean, that record is, you know incredible uh beneath medicine tree mm-hmm. so basically i really i have a lot of attachment to that record uh me and my wife both to both do and it's still one i come back to a lot i never listened to anything else they put out <laughs> so oh really not at all they they've put out other albums i i know i've heard them like bits and pieces but i was not following them so i know I, i'm sure i think a lot of from a fan base standpoint i think uh like in motion and you are my sunshine are kind of uh fan favorite and maybe not your sunshine eat sleep repeat maybe mm-hmm. or once people really gravitate towards but i fell off and the only reason i know about this new one is because with spotify obviously you know you fin- or if you have this feature turn on you play an album and then it'll play like stuff after the album finishes yeah so one day right after blushing came out and if you've ever noticed the algorithm with spotify like if an, if an artist puts out a new album it'll always gravitate towards those newer tracks as the recommendations right and sometimes you know the recommendation is not really the new track it's the band 
you know, previously kind of thing. So mm-hmm. sometimes it'll be kind of far off base. And this kind of was for the recommendation. But anyway, uh, Copeland compared to how they were in 2003 to 2019, totally different band. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that. In a good way. Uh, I fucking love this album. I remember when I first started listening to it, I was blown away by what they changed into. It's definitely more electronic. Um, it's kind of a little jazzier at times. Got a lot more groove. I would say groove is a good way to describe it. Hmm. Um, I'm very curious to see how they pull this off live. And they've been on tour recently, and I've been meaning to check out live videos. But it fucking rips. Um, it's got all the highs and lows you need. Um, standout tracks are definitely... Uh, as above, so so alone. Suddenly, night figures. Um, mm. Those three, I would definitely start with. Opening track's pretty good, but I think those. I didn't think I. I don't think I got into it till I got to about you know the halfway point of the album. Like, oh, okay, I get it now. Uh, but the, every track is is a banger. Um, pretty good lyrics. I mean, he's definitely. They were kind of a Christian band. You can tell that they don't really uh, subscribe to that anymore. Kind of like most bands from that era. Yeah. So I think he says fuck on this album a few times, which is kind of interesting. That's hot. Yeah, it's hot. Um, I think the album before this is kind of, uh, which I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Exora Twin or something. Um, from what I, gra- from what I grabbed from listening to that one, um, it's a similar uh, style of music. So this is not like out of left field. I think that al- the album before that was the one that was out of, or sorry, it's Exora, and then they put out Exora Twin as like the, I think like the remixed version of it or something. Mm, chopped and uh, screwed, basically. Uh, so. Either way, I can't vouch for any of their discography, but I know I really like this album, Blushing. Um, so if you ever liked Copeland, I think if you liked any of the Bon Iver stuff too, it's it's not like, it, it doesn't sound like Bon Iver, but it's in that similar how it's incorporating electronics into the genre, basically, mm. in a really yeah. a really cool way. It's not just like, oh, we just changed out a drum for drum machine. You know, like they're adding really cool elements to it that are, you know, either synth or something that's electronic, if you will. Yeah. Um, but there is still full band stuff on it, but... A lot of like acoustic piano. I mean, it's. I, I think it's worth at least those three tracks. Check those out and see what you think. But they're all fucking bangers. Um, I I definitely am going to listen to this. Uh, I am actually really excited. I I forgot this came out. I had I had seen uh, that it did. Now that I'm actually looking at it again, and I recognize the cover as well. But I love um, the cover. Yeah, I do too. I really like that cover, and I'm excited to listen to that because I. So I have listened to i i listened to beneath medicine tree uh whenever i was younger and mm-hmm. i actually am more attached to in motion uh but i mean i, I, I know those songs I, every time like i see the titles and like i hear them come up like i know them but i never like i never grabbed the album kind of thing yeah. so so i know of the album and i don't dislike it but it, it, it never stuck with me so i'm glad yeah. you checked it out yeah so and and i remember listening to eat sleep repeat but i don't i couldn't really tell you how much i cared about that one but i do know that in motion is very good and beneath medicine tree is also very good so i am eager to try this out again i have not listened to copeland in quite a while i think i mean the point is i think their whole discography is good and they've definitely i think they've they've matured as a band like from the first album to this one so there's definitely you know it's all within the same somewhat the same genre so but um i was just so blown away i was like oh shit i didn't know copeland was doing stuff like this and i didn't know it was gonna be this good so yeah <laughs> uh, i well i'm i'm here for it uh it's it's definitely an influence on me at least musically i like i like how the songs are structured i like how the songwriting is done so like it's definitely like you know piqued my interest as far as oh shit um that's a cool way to you know write these songs so yeah uh and i i'm looking uh as we speak in the fans also like uh just out of curiosity and 
for one it's, thing, it's not, it's not that accurate, but it is accurate. <laughs> yeah, there. Yes, I, uh, but one of the bands that I have not thought of probably in ten years is Daphne Loves Derby, and I I think either I know it may have been before this, but recently in the past year, I have gone back to Daphne Loves Derby, and some of it holds up, and some of it does not. <laughs> <laughs> That does not shock me at all, but I yeah. there's a part of me that is going to that wants to go back and listen to Daphne Loves oh, just, Derby. Now. Just listen to the if you go they, they finally put the acoustic one up before for the longest time it was just Goodnight Witness Light, which is like who cares? Yeah, uh, acoustic is the one you want to listen to, and on the strength of All Convinced, those are I, like the big I guy. I mean I remember as a young buck that I kind of oh, no, liked sorry. acoustic. I know I, I, that's the one I, I go to, but I, they also added the EP finally, uh, closing down the pattern department. So, oh, yeah. So scroll down a bit and you can see that one. Uh, Hello. So that's the that's a banger too. Basically, don't go past on the strength of all convinced. And this acoustic thing, that's not the right year because this is what they they released all these songs like as singles. Um, yeah. On like pure volume, you know that was the thing in MySpace. Oh back yeah. In the day. And then they then they finally you know collected them all and put them on this acoustic thing. But this is how everybody knew them was the acoustic album. Um, and before they became a full band on some of the later ones. So, yeah. um, it, I was pretty excited to find it, but, uh, it'll definitely bring back the feels, but some of it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there's that's some, probably, some cringe to it. There's, that's probably true of a lot. It's worth going back this. to if you've ever, and if, for those who don't know, it's very way whinier dashboard style music, dashboard oh, professional. Yeah. But it's, it's way whinier. Like, uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because the dude, uh, I, I, never mind. I'm not even going to say it, but <laughs> you just listen to it and then check out what they look like. <laughs> yeah. Because it, 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 I'll tell you what, it'll throw you for a loop. Uh, it'll throw you for a loop. I'll let you make your own decisions on that one. But uh, uh, yeah. Buck Wild. Uh, and you know what? Copeland, just sort of uh, bouncing off of that, for whatever reason, even though I know they are not uh, the same bands at all, um, I always, in my mind, get Copeland mixed up with Branson. Uh, oh no, not even close. And it obviously, yeah. For for anyone listening, if you haven't Great listened to either band, of though. those bands, they don't sound alike. Uh, but no. it just is worth noting that if you haven't listened to Branson, uh, Branson is fucking sick. Oh, one of my favorite bands. I mean, every album they did was fantastic, and they all. That's a good. That's a good band that's progressed or progressed over their career. Oh yeah, um, and getting uh, better and better. Bro, fucking send us a signal is so hot. Oh, that's. A, that's a, I mean, I'm looking at that poster's uh not right next to me but it's in this room with me yeah. so yeah that album fucking slaps dog yeah uh that was one of the first albums i bought on vinyl too when i started collecting was sinister signal yeah i'm gonna, ooh, I'm gonna fucking ooh, I'm, I'm adding that to the playlist for you guys uh, so you because better, uh, you gotta get that in there uh, you guys you guys gotta go check out some branson um this is like yeah i mean a lot of those bands from this era obviously like regardless of how uh similar they are to each other in sound they all make me think of each other and like anytime i look in the fans also like section i'm like oh this band like hey mercedes is on here and i used to fucking yeah. love hey mercedes um uh, yeah i was gonna say Br- branson is uh more of the true 90s emo sound mm-hmm. uh, for sure so absolutely of, of, our, of the people who listen to this that know what that means you know it is hey mercedes it is uh got a little further since forever to it penfold mm-hmm. um, definitely Gloria, Gloria record. I mean, all the bands like that, even a little bit of promise ring. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's more, uh, in that realm. So if you don't know that band, you'll definitely start, I'd say start with Sinister signal mm-hmm. and then dial and sounds is good. Even the last one, which got a little more, uh, poppy, uh, hello control is still good. There's still bangers on that one too. Yeah, so, totally. Um, that's, um, and maybe, that, that's a I good, I, I, that's a good little, uh, niche of music to get down into. I mean, these are, uh, yeah. damn. 
just look i mean look through pretty much any of the fans also like if and i mean just check out you know yeah. most of these bands you might you may fi- find a couple stinkers in there but uh yeah. you'll you'll definitely if you're a fan of the genre then like branson will set you straight yeah that's that's good that's a that's and the thing to point one. out about like i said about the copeland one is it's i mean i would definitely recommend to listen to beneath medicine tree because it is great music but mm-hmm. uh, the new one is definitely a band that's 16 16 years later has definitely matured and you can tell in a a good way so yeah that's and i just yeah i can't believe that it's it's 16 fucking years between those albums but oh yeah good grief and they were great at that show by the way it's just i could tell like it was a weird i don't know it's i don't remember the circumstances but like it's not like people didn't like them but it was like oh i'm gonna go to sleep now because if (laughs) some of their music some of their music is like that yeah i mean i i'm not gonna argue that i can see that but it, it was great live uh well actually that so that uh, brings me to the other thing i was going to ask you uh speaking of live music um how was the a city's burn show yeah. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> uh i i really enjoyed it. i went with my buddy alex um who i've been uh, kind of writing music with lately uh, he's been playing drums with me mm-hmm. um lately uh, it was at a smaller venue, which we both were kind of bummed about that S City Burn was still having to play smaller venues. But as we've known, as we talked about, you know, they took 10 years off. So, yeah, um, you know, it's to be expected. But it, it was a pretty good turnout. Uh, the, a local opened, uh, full disclosure, the place that they played is also one of the best burger places in uh, Columbus, uh, Preston's Burgers. So <laughs> it, was at, it was at Woodlands, and uh, I totally ate a hamburger by the local plate, so I feel bad about that. But... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but we got to watch this really like an, a bunch of old dudes play Dwight Yoakam uh, as our entertainment. So okay, that was interesting. Uh, but anyway, so many rooms opened the show. They're on the same. So this is the same tour as Cities Burn did earlier in the year, which is an interesting choice to do this. But it makes sense to you know keep it easy. So it's the packages, many rooms opening, all get out in between, and then as Cities Burn headliner. Yeah. Um, many rooms. If you don't know, is a uh, one girl. Uh, she plays very slow ambient guitar. Basically, her her and a guitar, uh, lots of reverb. It's good. Um, a lot of her stuff is very conflicted. She's like a, you know, com- a conflicted Christian thing. She's very young, so you know, she doesn't have that much world experience. But she's got a lot, uh, some really good songs. Uh, every time I've seen her live, though, it's she does do a band sometimes. But at both every time I've seen her, both times I've seen her, she's been by herself, and um, it's unfortunate because it's her and guitar with lots of reverb and people don't know her. So they're going to talk. And the, the funny thing of this was during one of her best songs, the curtain opened between the two sides of the venue with that Dwight Yoakam band. And you just hear like this horn solo going off behind her. beautiful. <laughs> so it, <laughs> me and my friend oh were my just God. like, oh, let's, let's go outside. So I can definitely recommend her on our record, but live it's, it's not the right venue for her. She needs to not be on these tours. She needs to be like in halls or like, you know, theaters and like, she needs to find her Avenue, which is not her fault, but Fair enough. She's, she doesn't. She doesn't need to be on punk tours. It doesn't. It doesn't translate. Um, so definitely check her out. Uh, this is my first time seeing All Get Out. I didn't know a lot about them. I knew they kind of had like a not a pop punk sound. You know, kind of a rock pop rock sound. I guess um, they put on a damn good show. I was very surprised. Um, okay. I I have not gone back and listened to them on record yet. I only saw like an audio tree, and I wasn't disappointed. It just wasn't something I was gonna jump out. So I don't know. They're not gonna be my favorite band or anything, but um they had some moments and uh me and alex were definitely jamming them so they put on a great show so i definitely think that's worth checking out and i'll go back and actually listen to their music uh but start of the show acidies burn um i was very surprised with how good it was based on you know previous videos not surprised because i saw that audio tree 
uh, recently, which is basically that. I mean, they put that bass player is so good. Um, the drummer was way better than I expected him to be. Obviously, Cody, the guitar player, was phenomenal. And I did not hate the singer. <laughs> Me and Alex both agreed we liked it better when he wasn't there. But I thought they played. I thought they played the new stuff really well. I took some videos and posted them just because I wanted to kind of people to see what they're like a little more. Um, and they played the new stuff really well. There's a lot of energy. It wasn't a sold out show or anything, but I'd probably say at least 100 people were in the room with us, okay. uh, if not more. Uh, and it's a small room anyway, so um, so maybe just a little over 100. But um, it was very good and very powerful, very emotional. I mean, like it's. They sounded good. They just sounded so tight for a four-piece band. Yeah. And that bass player fills it out with his harmonies. Um, the way he's playing bass as a musician, uh, people would appreciate because he's definitely pulling double duty with playing second guitar and bass at the same time almost. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously got a really, not a crazy pedal board setup, but he's got a pedal board setup that really kind of lends itself to that. Um, but no, it was damn good. So if they're coming to your town, which I think they're coming to Austin. To they you, are. Uh, at the end of the month. I think it's worth checking out. I mean, it wasn't expensive. It was a $20 show. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, and good to see in a small venue. And they, their set list was pretty good. I, th- I mean, I think they played about an, maybe 45 to an hour. So Okay. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that's that the that my main point of all that was I was going to ask if it was worth me going, and it sounds like it is. Uh, and they're actually I think playing, because you've never seen them before, so yeah. And they're playing a venue that uh, I actually like as well. So um, yeah. yeah, I think I think I will be going to see them. And the sets divided up where they open with uh, you know tracks that incorporate the full band, and then the singer goes away. Like he went, they had an actual backstage area. So he just like basically walks up stage and goes backstage and they play like, you know, six songs that are just a three piece. And then he comes back for like three more. So it's, um, it didn't really like ruin the show or anything. It was just like, Oh, he's back. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but they came back and played my favorite song off of the new album. So that, that was pretty sick. So, okay. Um, well, that's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's gotta be a, a weird, sort of thing for them to try and figure out how to how to balance those two i mean we talked about that before but i i think that that's probably uh you know the the best they can manage to get it all put together yeah no i mean it definitely it made me like the newer album a lot more i still my dis my disappointment with him is he was actually pretty good front man had a lot of energy it's just he's just kind of one note with everything so it's you know it's the same kind of tone the whole time i do like his style more than you know the first album but Mm -hmm. um nobody's there for that i mean it's just not it's a nice uh breather from the other stuff but like it's when they play stuff off come now sleep or hell or high water it's that's what we're all there for yeah i mean yeah it is what it is it's a bummer it took 10 years for people for them to realize or for people to get on board so when they come back and try to tour you know it's i'll play the thing that we didn't appreciate the first time you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) so Uh, well i mean i'm glad to see that it was uh it was at least worth your time to go and I'm glad that they sounded good. And and who would have thought that the bassist would have been uh, such a standout for that. But I mean, I'm glad that he is. I was just shocked at how well it complimented everything. So you'll have to go and see what you think, but um, yeah. All right. Well, shit. sounds like I've got a show to go to at the end of the month. I mean, I wouldn't go, but (laughs) (laughs) I take it all back. It was not great. Uh, All right. Well, sick. Uh, That wraps it up with a nice little bow. Um, And now we got to now we got to jump into what I'm assuming the people are here for. And uh, we are going to talk about tool now. It is time after 13 years. uh, Danny Carey decided to stop braising that pork. And he (laughs) he got back in the studio. And uh, here we are. I I, uh, so. uh, let me just start off by saying as well, 
that, uh, you know, maybe for better or for worse, I did not listen to the single before I listened to the full album. I just like too much time had passed. Then I was like, it was like three days before the album came out. I was like, oh, I should listen to that. And I I just realized, no, it's it's probably better to just hear it uh, in terms of the whole album. So Mm. I had no uh, like preconceived notions going into this at all. I just was hearing it all fresh for the first time um that's probably that's probably good yeah i and i i I think that's the way i would have preferred it uh but i I can't say that for sure now it's been done um but as i said in the beginning of the show this is i mean it's a long album so if you're gonna go into it i mean be prepared to strap in because it is an hour and 26 minutes uh is it is an album it it ain't short (laughs) so if that deters you uh know that going into things um sort of the the structure of the album is that it's it's seven main songs with three sort of like interlude tracks uh stuck in there and um those those tracks were not on the physical uh apparently they were not on the physical release of the album because it pushed it over the 80 minute limit for a cd Mm -hmm. so they just left those off um so that, that being said um each one of those seven songs are fucking long. I mean, the shortest one is yeah. 10 minutes and five seconds, and the longest yeah. one is almost 16 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, in in every sense of the word, this is a fucking prog album. It is long. Mm. It is, you know, the, the first movement in B minor shit. <laughs> uh, but to me, that's fucking tight, because I am a, I am a big... I guess sort of any context that might be needed for me in this album is that obviously I'm a big tool fan. Um, but I am not like a, I'm not like a really a grunge fan or like a, you know, like a nineties rock fan or really just like a a straight rock fan in general. I am definitely, I've always been here for the progressive side of tool. Um, and that's, that is definitely where my musical influences and, and my interests lie are in progressive music in general. Um, so I think that that sort of gives me a slightly different view on this album and maybe tool as a whole than, uh, some people. But once again, I think, you know, that, that sort of, I think is a double-edged sword, but, uh, anyway, that's sort of just a brief overview of the album as a whole. Um, Griff, what, what did, what were you thinking? I mean, give me like, give me, give me some, some thoughts. Am I giving my review or are we just talking about (laughs) either or you just, I mean, there's a lot to dive into. I feel like with this, so you just start wherever you need to, buddy. Uh, I, I want to go back to before we talk about this album. Let's talk about everything about Tool before this. That's a good. I, I like that. We can let's start there. Uh, so my introduction to Tool was probably when I was ten or eleven years old. Um, I knew they were a band. So this is like late nineties, uh, probably ninety nine ish time frame. Um, you know, I, I knew who they were. So I was. This is when I was like fully getting into like new metal and everything. So corn and obviously slipknot, everything else were bands I was interested in that whole movement. Um, just tool was one that was never quite in that realm because <laughs> tools, not really that genre, but the, you know, they cross with the same fans, I guess mm-hmm. is the point. So I knew of sober and kind of prison sex and, uh, some stuff of Inema. But so I remember going to visit like an uncle in Austin, Texas when I still lived in Texas. Um, and going to the music store and like being debating between Inema or uh, Undertow at the time. Undertow being the first album. Mm-hmm. And I think 
uh, Undertow was significantly cheaper because, you know, Anima has more tracks. It's got all the visual stuff in there. And, you know, Undertow is basically just, you know, an out. I think there's really no booklet to it. Um, so I think I got that because it was cheaper because it was like 10 bucks, I think. Um, I got it. I remember even to this day, I mean, I, I, OP8 couldn't even tell you one song off their EP. Could give a shit about that. Yeah. Uh, Undertow. It's okay. It's more of that 90s rock sound. I got what at the time I get why it was like, you know, interesting. Um, and I even covered Sober uh, at a talent show or kind of a, a dance thing, like in seventh or eighth grade. Which I don't friends. think I knew that, actually. That's pretty badass. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We covered Sober. Uh, the, the singer that sang for, I play guitar, the singer that was like a huge Maynard fan. So uh, we weren't talented enough to play anything besides Sober because uh, it's such a fucking easy song. But um, yeah, so I've always liked Tool. I got into, eventually, you know, after that, I got Inema and was like, okay, this is it. Like, this is what I like um, because it's. I don't, to me, there's no contest. I mean, Undertow, throw that away. Yeah. <laughs> is where, start with Inema. That's where it is. Um, and it's right around this time is when they, you know, 2001 is when Lateralis came out. And that fucking, whoa, I mean, that, fucking, <laughs> that, that changed my life. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know um, that, you know, bands like that could do something like this because it's very interesting because I, you know, the, I'll make this argument later, but um, they were such a thinking They've always been known as kind of a thinking man's band, if you will. Like they're not crazy out of this world with what they're doing, but you know, Lateralis and kind of the stuff that goes with it and the whole Fibonacci sequence and just the way this out, that album's laid out um, and the kind of, kind of tone they went for, it was less the aggressive side of things and more of the um, kind of the emotional, the um, it just had more characteristics to it. You know, it just, it flowed better to me. So mm-hmm. I think Lateralis just stating now is my favorite tool album and probably always will be. Um, just because from start to finish, it's a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, I a great album too. Um, that's probably my second favorite, but, um, cause there's a lot of great songs in there, but it's a little more aggressive, obviously. Um, but so that, that was kind of my relationship to tool and kind of, that was kind of the, you know, with all the bands we were listening to at that time, like that was kind of the one that was like, oh, they're doing something different, a little more, uh, sophisticated and, you know, wow, this is different. And, you know, obviously their music videos and there's, there's a lot of mystery behind tool because, you know. Maynard always played in, or sang in the dark. He's always in the back of the stage. You know, their videos didn't show them in it. Um, you know, there was just so much mystery there, which is what I really liked about Tool. And by the time 10,000 Days came out five years later, totally different person. You know, I'd obviously been in different bands, done different genres. And so I was, I didn't dislike that album, but I was like, okay, they, they kind of went to a different style. It was more kind of grungy, I mm-hmm. guess, in parts. You know, like the first track Vicarious could have been a B-side of Lateralis. Um, and then after that, it kind of kind of completely changes yeah, into... Fucking, it, just, it jumps completely off board after completely. that one. <laughs> and to me, when I go back and listen to that album, I do listen to Vicarious, I do listen to Jambi and The Pot. I mean, The Pot's kind of what the album is for me, is that that's the song. Yeah. Um, I, and Rosetta Stone's good too, but um, that's kind of where it stops. For me, before this album came out, the new one came out, um, you know, it was always Lateralis and Inema. So, um, and even... I think by 2006, like they were still doing cool stuff, um, still kind of a little bit of more progressive than most bands at the time were doing. Um, so they still kind of, they knew their thing. They're in their lane. Um, now we're at the new album. <laughs> 13 years. Uh, 13 years later. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? It, so somebody had said uh, if... Actually, I think it was my roommate who had asked me, uh, and and I didn't look into this any further. But I apparently people were talking about um, 
whether or not they think that it, there's like a, a connection between the the length of time between their releases because it's like three years five years five years 13 years and i think that's somehow those are all like fibonacci numbers and no uh, no 100 no <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's it's true that obviously that's probably just lucky coincidence for them but i think yeah, that these dudes no. were actually just scared to release an album <laughs> for a while so here so here is where we're at <laughs> we're at 2019 and we have the internet and we know way too much about this album and what it took to get here and how, and I don't, I mean, as much as I don't want to know how the sausage is made with a lot of bands, I want to keep the mystery. Like I kind of appreciate how Maynard's gone about it, which is like these dudes took way too fucking long to make this album. And I think there's a quote in this. I'm going to misquote this. And even if you read the article, it's not, it doesn't sound as harsh as what I'm going to make it sound like, but he basically said, yeah, this album would have been tight eight years ago, (laughs) which, which is not wrong because they are releasing stuff on five year intervals. Um, but that was kind of his opinion on it. And um, I, I don't know. I, I waited to listen to this. I waited a couple of days after, cause I feel like I really needed to sit down with it mm-hmm. and I've kind of given it two and a half listens at this point. Um, I, I brought up the stuff about the past because to me, I mean, we know that it's between Adam Jones and care probably in the bass player too. Basically I, we know Maynard was not a part of this songwriting process. Mm-hmm about what took so long. I think he didn't record, he recorded his vocals. Like I think end of the last year, beginning of this year. So he, he doesn't really participate in everything. Um, and obviously he's got two other bands. He's working three other bands. Um, so he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, he knows, he knows where his money's made, but he's like, you know, I got shit to do people. So you take your time. Um, this album is basically the recycled riff of every fucking song they've ever written. And <laughs> it, it really pisses me off listening to this, that it took 13 years and that they are this, that they were this scared of the Adam Jones. I mean, if you listen to Phenom, the second track, and then go listen to ladder, go listen to uh, the patient, the bass and the guitar are the same fucking riff from that, from that song, just recycled in a different, it's just in a different variation of it. It's, it's ridiculous that they could not write new songs. Like I do not get what took so long to write this album. I don't get, I don't get what they gave us. Like it's, I don't dislike it, but it's also like this took 13 years. Are you fucking kidding me? And I think the problem with a lot of this is we have YouTube. Now we have bands that are, you know, we have people out there who are learning music and writing music and making it so much more complicated. Not that music needs to be complicated, but for a band that was like, kind of like the, you know, progressive, the mainstream progressive band, if you will, you Mm -hmm. know, back in all those time, think of all the bands we have now. Like this is like, to me, this is like an embarrassment of like, you're going to play that chug part and play, put those shitty drums over it for th- four fucking minutes. And I'm going to, I'm supposed to listen to this. Like the whole time I listened to this both times was wow, I'm fucking bored. <laughs> like I could not, there's no reason these songs had to be this long. There's no reason why we had to wait this long for it. This could have, I don't know who produced this. I didn't even look it up, but like shame on you for letting this get to this point And that these songs were this way. Um, Cause this, I don't know what to do with it. Like, <laughs> I really, I really want to like it, but from a musician standpoint and even a fan standpoint, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't, there's nothing in here that like, and you may feel completely differently, but like, I seriously, I put on this album and I instantly drift. Like I, I'll come back six minutes later. And I'm like, Oh shit, I am listening to tool. Like I, and then I, I actually, I was like, okay, maybe I'm just beating them up. And I went back and listened to just, I picked random songs on, on, you know, I am a lateralist and even 2000 days. And I'm like, Oh, I'm hooked. Not because I know the songs, but because, you know, the songs were rising. There was moments, there was feeling like this feels like it almost feels like a computer wrote this album. Like I can't, there's no feeling in it. And it feels like the Danny Carey show half the time with just, you know, I don't know if he's trying to prove himself as a drummer, but 
you know, I've never thought the guitar player was a great guitar player, but you know, from lateralis on, he's basically recycled his own riffs. And I don't, I don't know why he's in the same key. Even the bass player plays the same fucking bass part in every song that he's played for the past 20 years. Like I don't get it. And I don't understand what this is and what I'm supposed to do with it. And the interlude tracks, why are they there? They don't, they do nothing for the album. Like the interlude tracks they added on lateralis made sense. They flowed, they went into each other. I don't, I don't get any of this. Like it's not, it it is not for me. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to like it, but it is like, even vocally, like I I don't feel like Maynard really did his best work. He doesn't really get above a talking voice. You know, there's no aggression to it. Not that there needs to be, but like, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. And he just like randomly comes in six minutes later, you know, and I don't know, like, I don't know if this is one in a year and a year from now I'm going to get, but I can't, I, I can't, <laughs> I, I have feelings and I don't want them to be those feelings, but and a lot hey, of stuff you I've gotta, read, you gotta let them out as much as you can. I know. And a lot of the comments I've read, I mean, I've seen some good ones too, but a lot of them are just defending tool to be like the tools, the band. And if we can talk about the album art too, uh, I hate that fucking logo. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Egyptian, uh, book they got that from, but, uh, I, I it's, like it's it. the, but it's the, it's like a riff on the Fibonacci spiral. Well, stop it. Uh, <laughs> you, are, you already did that. Once again, recycling, recycling shit. Like they're just recycling the same shit. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm just disappointed because I feel like this could have been better. And knowing we know too much about it, it could have, I, I mean, I love what, I love that the story should have been. Yeah. We took some time off and we just got together last year and wrote this album. Like from the stories I've heard, it's like, no, we've been writing this thing for 13 years. Like what? <laughs> so, who? What what were you writing? These are the same riffs I've heard before. And this is what, these are the sections you're going to give me. Like, if you're going to give me a 13 minute song, like, okay, give me, I want fucking 25 parts in it then. Like, don't give me three parts that just repeat and there's nothing to them. Like they literally do the same Tom part. Like anytime it goes to a breakdown or anything like Dan and Carrie, just let me hit these Toms in unison while you do the same chug in the background. And then, oh, I'm going to throw a solo behind that too. Like, uh, uh, we heard that. I, I get it. Like you're good at that thing. I, I, I don't know. It's no for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we, so that is where I'm at with this. And I, I want to like it, but I just, I don't know, you know, for me, it stops. It kind of stops at lateralis. Like that is the experience I want. That is the thinking man's album. I mean, not that it, there's better shit out there, but at least that, that one sticks with me. I feel like I get something out of that. It, it sounds like a full experience. I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know what a tool album in 2019 should sound like, but I don't feel like it's this. I, I feel like even if this came out, uh, eight years ago, like Maynard said, I think even in 2011, I would have been disappointed, but at least it would have made more sense to have an album five years later. And maybe they wouldn't have second guess, second guessed themselves to death. Like, I don't know. I don't I know too much and I know too little. So, okay. The Griffin, Holt, the Griffin Holt story. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I know too much and I know too little. So tell me how you love it. <laughs> uh, well, I think that uh, I have similar but also slightly different feelings. Uh, but I think that you brought up some good points uh, that actually I'm sort of like taking into consideration now as we speak. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess sort of to begin, I have not that I necessarily have even that deep of a history with Tool because I am obviously... Uh, j- the tools sort of release dates um 
have a you know they've come at weird times in my life mostly because a lot of them were i mean for god's sake undertow came out before i was born so that tells you anything um but and also Inema came out in 96 i was three years old when Inema came out so i my my whole thing with tool is that i remember like literally driving my mom driving me around in the car when i was like fucking seven and i heard schism come on the radio and i it was like one of the most recognizable songs i remembered hearing as like a young kid like it was something that i always knew the lyrics to and i always like knew that rhythm in my mind uh before i even knew anything about music and um and so schism is really to me the beginning of it and then as the years progressed and i got more into music obviously it just was like a natural progression especially uh, as i said i i'm a big progressive fan um i mean pretty much across the board i actually it's like if if there's a guilty pleasure genre for me um it is it is prog and and i mean that because like i even like some of the weird like operatic like space opera type prog like fucking uh i mean that there's there's so many weird bands that i'm into like that so uh, tools and natural- all that's more interesting than this album go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so tools uh, you know natural progression for me to to get into and after the fact obviously i got into Inema. and actually brief note as i said that uh i remember that apparently i saw in an interview in time it's not pronounced Inema, and i will never adhere to that uh oh i, I don't even know how to i just always called it Inema. i know and I, I i just found this out literally like i think last year because i think me and my roommate were having a discussion and i said that i didn't actually know for sure if that was how you said it and apparently Inema is the accepted pronunciation, but what they, to them, when they say it, it's Anima. <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't really have the same ring to it as Inema. So for, no. just so everyone knows, I get it, but I'm calling it Inema. Yeah. Uh, no. Anyway. Um, and also, so, so also as a, as a drummer, um, Tool has always really intrigued me uh, just for the way that Danny Carey wrote his drums, especially... Um, I mean, specifically, if I'm thinking of like songs that sort of changed the way that I thought about how drums could be written to music and for for different parts. I mean, like the song Inema and 46 and 2 um, and then pretty oh. much everything off Lateralis was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I understand. Uh, so, so those, you know, those always have a special place in my heart. Um, Lateralis, I'll agree with you right off the bat. Uh, Lateralis is the best album. They're never going to make a better album than Lateralis. And I think that very few prog bands will ever make a better album than Lateralis for all of the things you mentioned, whether it's the actual packaging, the story, the the mystery of it, the songs. I mean, it's, it's a fucking perfect album. It sounds like, it sounds like a band. Like it sounds like they wrote this as a band. I mean, even if they didn't, it sounds they sound like connected. It. I, I they sound connected on that album. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, yeah, that it should just be known that like Lateralis. If for some reason you're a person who hasn't listened to Tool, you you could honestly get away with just listening to to Lateralis and never listen oh, yeah. to the rest of it. But but that being said, I mean, Inema is a fucking great album. Um, and for it coming out yes. in 1996, I mean, I still think that's pretty uh pretty fucking oh, revolutionary. Yeah. And um, Ten Thousand Days, I don't like at all pretty much um i i it's it's funny that like i think that it's probably the case with everybody but literally the only four songs are vicarious jombie the pot and rosetta stone and i could literally throw away the rest of that album um and that's yeah i mean that's kind of the new one i mean it's it's it does not flow it does not work together 
and I forgot to say this about the new one, it's very similar to 10,000 Days, but more so in the new one, is there are some really cool parts in the new one, but it takes eight minutes to get to it, and it lasts for about 33 <laughs> seconds. I'm like, what? Can we not Can we not jam on that idea for a minute? Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> so, so, you know, I guess going into this, um, I don't know. I, I guess, like, I'd, I'd never been, like, I mean, because I think whenever I was actually getting into Tool properly, I mean, 10,000 Days, I'm pretty sure, had already come out. Um, I would have been... Oh, I would have been 12 when 10,000 Days came out. So yeah, so right after that is about whenever I got into it. So I've never experienced like tour releasing new music. I've never been a part of any of that. So I, sure. I think that I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know what to, It was a big thing. Yeah, it was. And it's, it's, you know, and obviously we've made references to the fact here that like we're big, we're big video game nerds. And um, for anybody else that is like, to me, this was always like jokingly in my mind, the musical version of like Half-Life 3 was, you know, yeah. oh, when's it going to ever come out? And I think that... I've always had this notion in the back of my mind that like obviously 13 years or however many years it had been once it passed like seven, I was like, well, you know, it doesn't matter when they come back, it's going to be much different or it's going to be like, I, I don't know what to even think. I can't, I didn't even have a sound in my mind for what tool would be, but all of that in mind, um, here's what I'll say. I would have to say that if this was like, if I had to say straight up, whether I liked it or didn't like it for the newest album for fear inoculum, I think I like it, uh, but I have pretty much all of the same gripes that you have, but I I mean, not to the same degree. They, they did not deter me as much as they deterred you, but Oof. let me just, so let me, let me sort of piggyback on a lot of what you said that like, I agree that uh, a lot of these songs I think were longer than they needed to be. Um, I don't, I don't think this album needed to be an hour and a half, uh, but no. At the same time, I think that um, just be, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's the way that I listened to Tool or maybe it's because of, in my mind, it was what I was subconsciously expecting. Um, it doesn't, while I know the songs could be shorter, it also didn't bother me that they were as long as they were. Uh, but the the one thing that I think, because uh, I'll say this, the first time that I listened through it, I did not like it. Um, I was very like, oh, man, and I was getting kind of yeah. bummed and I sort of had to force myself back in you know, uh, a second time to, to get it going again. And once I listened through it the second time, I liked it more and I've, uh, I've made it a third time through. I'm like, I, I made it like halfway through Tempest, uh, on a third listen. So I've more or less listened to the thing three times and I liked it better each time. I think it will be better in a couple years. I think everybody needs some distance from this. And, uh, one thing I read though, that, uh, maybe changes the perception a little maybe it doesn't is that apparently i mean this whole thing was obviously written scrapped written scrapped it seems a million times yeah. and but apparently the initial idea for this album is that it was going to be one song this was going to be an hour and a half long song i, I do remember that and yeah. apparently that was all danny carey's uh idea yeah. and so then i somewhere along the line that got scrapped and that is why from things that I've read, those interludes are so sort of like jarring at times because I agree that like I don't need those in there at all. Uh, yeah, and I'm a guy that likes a good go. interlude, but I, I mean like I – When they work. Yeah, and these these interludes literally do nothing for me. The, the third time through uh, listening to this album, I skipped them immediately, and I, I honestly do yeah. not think I will listen to uh, any of those again. But – I think that with the notion in mind that the 
song or the album was supposed to be conceptualized as an entire song as one piece and also uh there is apparently a concept that they're being very um they're being very mysterious about that has to do with the number seven that's why there is seven um seven seven main tracks to the album and if you listen pretty much all of the odd phrasing in this album is in some sort of seven uh whether it's seven four seven eight uh seven sixteen like they're it's all a lot of it is in seven so apparently there is Mm -hmm. there's there's more to it that i'm sure years from now people will continue to unpack and um you know that that's fine but i think that also this album to me feels like it is all meant to just be played live because i mean if you see a tool live show i mean it's soundscapes and it's you know it's borderline festival music and i think that like this all is very reflective of that where it doesn't feel like they were trying to write anything that was like supposed to be the least bit aggressive was supposed to be the least bit like jump out at you um it seems like it was supposed to be sort of uh taken as these longer sort of jammy pieces at time why uh, why they decided to recycle some of those riffs um especially the one you talked about is beyond me that doesn't seem like that makes any sense and i don't know why someone didn't it's, say like it's it's their heart the whole album and they did it on Ten Thousand days too like i, I don't it, it seems like somebody yeah it. and and i don't know i i, I mean, unless they're really trying to stick to like all our albums flow together but to me that just seems lazy like i don't it just i yeah, it right add, i think it doesn't add i think there's a line between uh adding something and it just being like okay guys see, we gotta we gotta start something new here but i i think looking at the album as a whole and i i mean as i said with armor for sleep stuff last week i often go way too into these things and give them maybe a little bit of context that they don't need to have but i think that when i listen through it thinking in mind of it being as one song and thinking of the individual structures of these songs, if you think about it, the album flows exactly the same way each of the individual songs do, where it is very slow paced. It is like a huge, huge four minute Tom parts, like you said, in the middle of a song and it, yeah. and it all builds up. And then at the end, it's 15 minutes of Tempest and Tempest is like hard it's aggressive it's grungy it's got like the most going on in it and that is exactly how all these songs work they start really slow and the end is like a fucking you know explosion of everything and and i think that whether that was the right decision or the wrong decision it seems to me that it was very deliberate that they that they wrote everything that way but like you said i think that that's that comes at a price man because you have to you have to really you have to make sure that what you're writing along the way isn't just filler, isn't just something that's going to put somebody to sleep. I mean, you you need it to have some of the basic things that make your music enjoyable. And to me, it has a lot of that. But it also like I, I think that where I'm at with this album is that I don't think I could safely recommend. I could recommend a lot of other tool stuff. I don't think that I could recommend Fear Inoculum to probably anyone with a straight face i could recommend it to myself because i know what i like and i know what i was uh and i i know sort of what's what's okay with me and what's what isn't but i would never tell someone like oh you want to get into tool like you should you have to listen to fear inoculum like that's just not true you don't need to listen to this album you don't they didn't need to make it necessarily now yeah i guess i I guess that's my problem is like i don't know what it adds because it doesn't add anything for me like there's nothing from from a tool standpoint or from a, a musical standpoint like there's there's nothing new in here that makes it like, like their other albums would have been, you know, like there's, there's nothing that makes them stick out. And I did kind of see something as you were talking to that, like Maynard had said, like, you know, this, he agrees that this album's going to require multiple listens and I probably will start to find things I like about it. But like, I, it just doesn't, 
what are you adding to the landscape? Why, why is this here? Like, I have to ask that question of every album I listen to is like, what is the purpose of it? Is it just to put music out to, you know, fulfill a contract or what are you trying to add to the world? And for a band like tool, I feel like there's a lot of responsibility Mm -hmm. there to, especially for 13 years to put something out that makes me go, huh, this is, you know, this is different than this is changing the musical landscape, or this is really, you know, there's a reason this is here. And to me, what is the reason? <laughs> what is chocolate chip? What is chocolate chip trip other than synthesizer and Danny Carey fucking beaten off? Like, to be fair though, that's a sick, I'm, that's a sick ass drum solo. Uh, I know, but like, are you going to listen to that every time you put that on? Like, what does it add to the album experience? I, I did see him if, playing it live and live. It's, I didn't realize that he's like, I mean, he's not doing a lot, awesome. but he's also manipulating, yeah. like he's doing, Danny's the guy who does all the synthesizers in the band so he's like manipulating yeah. all the sounds and stuff on stage and then goes into the drum solo and and like i said that like that's i think that's where i'm at is that i feel like a lot of this stuff i mean these would be great like if, if i went to a tool show and obviously they open and close with the fucking bangers and the hits but if you put me at a tool show show and you drop in the middle of there you'd fucking drop drop invincible you drop tempest you put chocolate chip trip in there and like i would be excited as an album like i said i don't i don't necessarily know if that's if it does it for me um so but for for it to just be a live thing is just still like what's what's the point and this is not a that's the thing a listenable experience and and i think that that's i mean you make a great point i think that um more so with tool than probably most other bands um i think that when you put out an album especially anything that you're like promoting and there's anticipation for um you're right that the the question first and foremost needs to be like why are you making this album and i think that's where so many bands go wrong is you know if if you're making it for the wrong reasons that's going to show and i don't know if it's a wrong reason or what the reason even is but i agree that the biggest question i have without this album is why why did it take this long and that that is the question mark over all of it if you took away that question if the, if i knew the motivations if it hadn't been 13 years um this album honestly might be like i also think if you would have gone straight to this after lateralis um tweak some of the riffs a little more obviously but i would have this this would have been great for me but i i just it's there's some there's some strange things but the one point which I don't claim to be an expert on this, but the one thing that I think I do disagree with you on about it is uh, I actually think this is my, with the exception of Lateralis, my favorite Maynard performance. I And, and I do not claim to be a vocal expert or uh, I don't think anyone should trust my opinion on that. But for my ears, I would much rather listen to Maynard on this album than I would any of the others besides Lateralis. But... I don't. I don't think his performance is bad. I, I, my my problem is he's not. It, it doesn't seem like he's. The music is art to me. It was like it was already so boring trying to get through so much for him just to put a layer on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't like it didn't add any excitement to it. It just felt like he was just another droning instrument to the track. That's yeah. Like he didn't. There there was no rise and fall. There was no like you know like think about anything off Lateralis where he's like. He's he's taking the song somewhere with his vocals or making you like it's it's enhancing something a part of the song. I didn't feel like he enhanced anything in this. And even reading some of the background stuff on this, you know, that he basically did his vocal takes like you know, uh, on his downtime at his vineyard. You know, like, like it, doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't seem like like there's no there's no heart in this for me. And you know, what's the point of the interludes? Like, there's just nothing as a package. What? Why do you need a digital version and why do you need a CD version for them to be seven minutes difference? You know, yeah. Like, I don't need it. <laughs> there's there's nothing here. And I think I figured out the problem here on the last two albums is the producer on it is Tool. They're the only ones making decisions <laughs> yeah. versus 
every album before that, they had somebody else in the room saying, here's what you need to do. And like, yeah, I mean, I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to like it later, but it's just like this to me, this was just like, what a, what a wasted opportunity. Like it's, I, I think that it's, I think that it, it, it requires some, like I said, some distance. Uh, and I think that coming back years later, uh, or, you know, g- give it some time. And I think it'll come back a little different, not just for you. I mean that for everybody, but, um, like I said, oh, yeah, no, I think- I'm not going to defend this album necessarily. And I'm not going to tell anybody that they like categorically should listen to it. I like it as, I, I guess it was pretty easy for me to put up the blinders and think of this as, not just like not thinking about it in terms of their discography and just being like okay this is a progressive or like a progressive album what do i think of it and and i enjoyed it as a prog fan i did not enjoy it as a tool fan and that's sort of the the dichotomy that i face uh between the two things but it's there there are parts that i love and and i like i said i really like i the the song that i really was attached to was i really liked invincible um and I, but I mean, it's 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 not going to be for everyone. It is it is so many toms. It is so many chugs, and it's I mean it's and that's a, and that's not even the problem for me. It's just it does it does it's like they're not fleshed out ideas. Like I love like Phenom and like some of the parts in there. Like I feel like that's the one I keep going back to. But like it it uh it's got some really cool parts, and then even in other songs, like I said, there are cool parts. There's not to me. There's like there's not a good solid song on here. Yeah, I it's I, I don't, yeah. I mean, it's like calling vo- calling voices is great. Like, I love that intro. I love that it's like that part and like the vocals. But even then, like, I drift off in the middle of that. I'm like, okay, well, oh, now we're gonna be a band. You know, it's just, <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my attention span this week is just not there for it, and uh, it's why I don't really, you know, obviously doing this podcast is forcing us to review things as they happen a little bit. And in my real life, I would, you know, as we talked about, I would just shelf it and come back. But I think I have a lot of opinions about this just because. I know too much. Yeah. And for somebody to wait 13 years and basically tell us the whole time, like, oh, yeah, we're fucking up. Um, our band is, you know, lazy and we can't fucking get you to, you know, from our brains to our instruments. And, you know, OK, we've we've done the thing. Um, hope you like it. You know, like it's what, this is it. <laughs> this is what <laughs> this is what these titans of their thing that have been on tour nonstop since then and have all the capabilities of writing something new. Mm hmm. This is what they gave us, and you've been playing the same fucking three chords and the same key and the same uh, transitions. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what. Why they don't do better for themselves, especially if this is going to be like this could be the last Tool album we, we ever have. You know, I, I to be honest, I think that it is going to be. I don't. I don't think that they're going to uh, yeah. make another one after this. I'm pretty sure this is like the bookend because I mean they're they're fucking like they're like fifty, dude, and. I mean, oh, uh, Slipknot's fucking almost fifty. Though. I know, but it's just it. <laughs> I, I just feel like there's no way, and and you know, even yeah, though I no, think I, that I, mean, I think that it's it's sort of an an easy point for them to to exit on because I think that, like I said, they have enough material to enhance their new material now to enhance their live shows forever, and I also think that. Um, I know that fan wise, the reception has been a little rocky, and I I mean I've seen. 
I've seen more people thinking the way that you're thinking of it than I than uh, than the opposite of saying that they loved it. But uh, critically, if you look at all of their reviews from mainstream outlets, I mean, this is like the best reviewed album. Like, and and that's surprising. And and it, that does surprise me as well. I mean, I looked it up today because I was just curious, and it it did shock me that I mean, it's like literally like four out of five, five out of five, like across the fucking board. And I think that. Uh, because of that because the fact that it's critically lauded and the fans are sort of like lukewarm on it uh i think that they'll probably just not (laughs) bother doing another one after this and uh unless unless for some reason they feel very driven to to right any wrongs they may have made on this i think that's it and and that may be a little sad but i don't i don't know i mean it's it had to happen eventually this album had to come out I mean, yeah, sometime. I think, their, I think for their sanity, they had to do it. I mean, they didn't have to put it out for us. Correct. I think they had to put it out for themselves. And I totally get that. And even when 10,000 Days came out, you know, I didn't gravitate towards it. I didn't hear anything I liked about it. It took me years to come back and go, oh, okay, here's the four songs I like on mm-hmm. it. And I feel like that's going to happen with this one, too. But, like, that's disappointing for a band that's so much better than this for both these two. I think it's, like, you know, to come from 10,000 Days and be like, okay, there's only so much I liked about it. And then this one to be like, we're, like... Yeah, 13 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, you couldn't. So I feel like, yes, I will like stuff about it. I, I don't, definitely don't hate it. I just, I don't, I can't, I can't understand it, I guess is the Yeah, point. and and I mean, so, and it's, but it, yeah, I, I think that. I may I may change my mind in a year, you know, and never, you know. I mean, and I think that me and you can revisit this, uh, whether it's on this podcast or even just between each other. I think that me and you will be able yeah. to talk about this in years to come and we'll have different, different opinions on it. Um, but I mean. I'm glad, I'm glad you at least you know have a different opinion on it because that does help me rethink it a little bit. But. Yes, I mean, and and I, I think that you know it's, I guess that that was it was sort of my my thought that coming into this that um you that would be sort of where your brain was at with it because like like I said I I think that I totally get that and um I don't I don't want to try and defend why I like it and I I mean for reference though I also don't think it's like. I definitely don't think it's great. I mean, if we're talking albums that have come out in 2019, I mean, it's not, it's not towards the top. Um, no. And, and even, I mean, compared to tool albums, you know, it's probably third best to me. Cause I don't really care for undertow all that much. And 10,000 days doesn't yeah. do it for me either. But, but that's also like, those are such low, you know, like low bars to hurdle that I don't think that that counts for a lot. So, uh, you know, it's, I think it depends too. I mean, how big of a, you know, what kind of tool fan are you? What kind of a music fan are you? And, and let that sort of inform your decision. Um, but I don't, I think that I've also seen a lot of people feeling like guilty that they don't like the album. And I've been trying to like tell anyone I can, like, who fucking cares? Like you're allowed to not like this album. It's 13 years later. And there's so much, there's so much writing on this. Like, don't feel bad if you don't fucking like this newest batch of tool shit. That's, that's cool. That's what a band is like and allow your taste to ebb and flow over 13 years. So, you know, it, it it is what it is with a, with a band like this and the music they're producing, but it, it could have, it could have totally given me the feeling listening through it. They're like, Oh my God, I haven't heard this before. This is truly like pushing a boundary for me. Uh, and, and it didn't, it didn't do that yeah. specifically. No, it did not. And realizing that Danny Carey is 58. Holy shit, <laughs> bro. I did not know that, but also uh, a 58 year old crushing that drum solo. I mean, the, the other thing too, is that I, I don't know. I, There's nothing wrong with the, with the performances on this other than the riffs are the same, but from Danny Carey's standpoint, I mean, he does a great mm-hmm. job. It's, 
it's just all the parts together is what I'm complaining yeah. about. Not their, not necessarily individually what they're playing because Adam Jones is a, I mean, for, for a songwriter, he's pretty damn good. He's, he doesn't do anything too crazy, but he, what he does works. Yes. I guess is the point. So he know he knows his lane. Same with Justin Chancellor is a great bass player. Same thing with Maynard, but like all these pieces separately would have worked for me, but together it's like, it's, it's like if another band had put this out, I'd been like, oh, that band really did it. But like for a band with so much yes, potential. That's a good and, way to put it. You know, uh, yeah, it's just like it, for the fact that Tool's name is on it is where I'm like, okay, well, hold on. <laughs> why, why did Tool pull this out? Like, are you sure this is Tool? Yeah. Is this a joke? Like, but if somebody else had done this, maybe I'd feel differently. But there's a lot of pressure and a lot of being a fan. It's hard to, it's just like with the Slipknot one, you know, that one, I, I, the Slipknot one's better than this album to me right now, but um, we'll see where, where I feel like that. But I tell you what, if Korn's better than this album, we're gonna have some That's, problems. That is the truth. Uh, <laughs> even though, even though the singles I've heard off that are pretty fucking, pretty fucking sick. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would be, I would be shocked if there's a year with Korn, Slipknot and Tool and Korn comes out on top, but you know, crazier things have happened. And uh <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that the fact that you said Danny Carey is 58 kind of fucks me up. But it also, this is one sort of final point that I... And he's he's the oldest, by the way. That makes sense, though. That tracks. Uh, yeah. Also, 58-year-old dude in fucking a basketball jersey playing those drum solos every night is so tight. Uh, oh, yeah. No, he's, he's, he's <laughs> um, but I think that the last point that I wanted to make is that I am, I'm also, as, as I said, prog fan, but I'm a very big Rush fan. Like, Rush is, like, fucking one of my favorite fucking bands ever. And... This, I think that the other part of this is that, like, I don't know, having, there shouldn't have been this much time off for a bunch of reasons, but, you know, if you listen to a band like Rush that's been putting out albums for so long, like, you get to some of their, their stuff that's coming out, re- that's come out recently, because, like, if you didn't know, Rush fucking puts out an album all the goddamn time, but, like, a lot of their stuff is the same way, where it's, like, a lot of recycled, uh, recycled things and, uh, you know, similar parts and stuff, and, I think that sort of obviously Tool draws a lot of comparisons to Rush, but that that's okay for Rush because they've been putting out albums consistently for so long. It was bound to get samey eventually, and the genre they're in sort of like gives them confines to a degree. But yeah. but I think that that's you know like I said, Tool to do that after on album number five and after taking that long off like that that doesn't make sense like either this album needed to come earlier in their career or there needed to be about four albums in between, you know, there and now. And then maybe I could, then maybe I could have seen more of like, okay, they're recycling riffs. Like they can only write so many, but like, bro, you've only written five albums. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, and I get the, I don't know. It feels like it's the point I made earlier about, you know, I feel like as musicians and, you know, music listeners, like the, there's so much available and so many more bands that are doing things way more complicated. Not that they're doing it necessarily better, but it's like for a band to be off that long and it feels like they're not aware of the world around them. Yes. Like it feels like they locked themselves in a studio for 13 years and the only one aware of what other bands are doing or even what other music sound like sounds like now is Maynard. So for the people writing the music to just be like, Oh, we haven't heard anything since we've written our own music. It's like, what did you listen to this whole time? Or like, what were your influence? It just seems like, there was no progression like there you haven't improved as a musician i feel like danny carey has at least his his drums are way more prominent on this album than i think i've heard on any other mm-hmm. one i agree um but i'm just disappointed in like the songwriting in general just it doesn't seem like they've improved and maybe at 58 and 55 and 56 whatever they are um this is just this is the type of music they can put out so 
Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. I mean, it's, (laughs) yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, I, I was always worried that this would sort of be the reaction is just to have so many mixed feelings. I wish that I, I wish that I could, you know, say like, no, I fucking love it categorically. Here's why. But you know, I, I don't. And I, I will go back to this album, um, for various things, I think throughout the years. And I think, I think I'll eventually really like it, but it's just now, now is not necessarily the time. Um, and you know, it, just uh, lessen to bands. Just don't, don't take 13 years yeah. off. All right. Don't, and don't no. let us, don't let us know how much of a struggle it is. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of other bands that have taken that much time off and it's been okay. Uh, and really the only one I can think of is Glassjaw taking off so much time in between albums but they came, but they came back with an album that sounded different. yes and that's what i was it gonna came say back, it, so- it sounded like glass jaw but it was it was there was a progression mm-hmm. to it it was not the album they put out before this is tool rewriting yeah tool. it's like, i don't it's tool does tool that's actually yeah, tool doing tool it's the kids bop version that is actually <laughs> honestly the, the best description of this album is tool does tool it's it's fucking oh, tool does and that's that's the name of this episode is yeah tool does tool, it's tool does tool and <laughs> it's i mean that is that's a bro that i mean that's it that's to be honest, that's that's why I'm disappointed. Yeah, t- yeah. I mean, you can you can listen to the past thirty minutes of what we said, or you can really just go into it with the notion of tool does tool, and that's that's fear inoculum. And that, 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 you and you can flip the coin internally to figure out whether or not that is okay to you. Uh, and you just you you got to live with it because you're either gonna be yeah. fully on board for it, or it's gonna really upset you and take you in the wrong direction. And it's it's the nature of the beast and i don't know but it's it's out now and i guess at least everyone can stop speculating about it and i i also think that maybe this is a part of it maybe it's not but like not just in knowing specifically about the band but also like i feel like i don't like that social media exists in a time that tool a tool album is coming out because like i don't want to fucking know what other people think specifically like their little hot takes on twitter about tool and like i don't want to i don't know it's everything about (sighs) the entire experience of a tool album in 2019 versus 2001 is just like not it's not right (laughs) don't sit well with a man's dinner But I mean, I, I don't know, you know, and like I said, you just, this is, this is definitely one you got to come to your own conclusions. It's not as cut and dry as any of the other albums we'll probably ever talk about. Um, and if you're feeling really, really bummed or let down by this, um, what I would recommend is to go back to last week's episode, be like, oh shit, they're talking about Knocked Loose. I'm going to listen to that album and just put back on that Knocked Loose album and fight an image of Danny Carey in your mind while listening to knocked loose yeah. and then you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. So let me, I mentioned that producer, uh, they didn't have a producer on 10,000 days or fear inoculum. Um, and let me tell you why they, fight. okay. Because the producer <laughs> who did, uh, Inema and, uh, lateralis. Here are his other credits. Okay. He did dream theaters, metropolis part two. Yes. He he did uh, Muse's uh, Origin of Symmetry. He did Mudvayne's The End of All Things to okay. Come. He did a couple Silver Silver Chair. He did um, he did Coheed's Good Apollo. He did okay. uh, Monine's The World I Want to Leave Behind. He did three Circus of Vive albums. He did Between the Buried and Me, The Parallax, Hypersleep Dialogues, 
Um, so it seems like this guy knows prog fucking music <laughs> and could have helped them make fucking good albums. Like the dude knows his fucking shit. And they decide, no, no, we can do it. We can do it. Okay, so you you aren't wrong. I am looking looking at this dude's fucking, yeah, like, even looking at some of the ones you didn't mention, he did, he helped Rush remix one of their albums. He did. I mean, like, I think he knows, he did King Crimson. Yeah. King King Crimson. Wow. uh, In 95, like, fucking, like, this dude knows some fucking prog. What yeah, that's he did he did a fair to Midland album he, he I don't know why he did the Stained album but we won't talk about that uh, yeah I mean he he, he had to, he had to change it up a bit but I mean he's done some pretty heavy hitters in the prog world so for a band to be like no we can we can handle it you know and it's well I guess uh, from a producer standpoint like I don't know that I would sign on for a band as clearly as indecisive as Tool <laughs> and wait thirteen years so you can't really put a producer on a thirteen year album so, oh, I guess I didn't start recording till. Uh, 2018 mm. so but they still needed a producer in there to fucking ring this fucking show in yeah i mean um, wow so what a misstep or maybe he was like i worked with them two times I'm yeah <laughs> i mean just <laughs> but they're two best albums i i am in lateral yeah i mean i i would have signed this guy up because i mean yeah looking at this like some of literally some of my favorite albums of all time he has produced so why yeah. why are you gonna so why, like what why are you gonna fuck? take this guy away i i mean Jesus Christ. I also did not know, though, that Blue Sky Noise and Good Apollo, uh, Blue Sky Noise being Circus Survive and Good Apollo being Coheed, yeah. uh, I did not realize those were produced by the same person, but that absolutely fucking yeah. lines up for me. It tracks. And it, it those tracks. are, ooh, t- th- bro, there's, there's going to be another day where I fucking make all of you motherfuckers listen to me talk about Circus Survive, so get ready for that. Oh, you know, I I think they're better live than they are recorded, but I, I don't dislike Circus Survive, but I am not. I don't know their discography so well enough to talk. Uh, so go ahead and everyone leave me some messages saying, Griffin, go listen to that uh, discography. Actually, you know what, though? I'm not going to even fight you too much on that because uh, the later Circus Survive albums you don't have to talk about. But Blue Sky Noise is a straight heater. Uh it's I need to, his that vocal style just to me I can't it's hard to listen to a whole album of like as much as I do like it and I think he's a great vocalist and there's some songs I like but I, I love the say us EP but that's like four songs and I'm like okay we're good but to have like 10 tracks I'm like Ooh, <laughs> uh, so that's my hang up doesn't mean it's bad but I saw them live and his versatility uh, Anthony Green live is like holy fuck when I saw them uh, Circus Survive yeah and so also if, if this uh, I think another good metric if anyone is wondering about this Tool album if if it's so easy for us to jump at the end of it into other albums that fucking slap like I mean it clearly it yeah, sucks <laughs> clearly this album did not do what it needed to do for us uh, even even for me as a person who enjoyed it like it it very clearly did not did not do it so uh, come on guys let's 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 talk about it tool we can let's get tool on the audio files uh you think think yeah, we can book danny carey up in the dms yeah it is up in the dms let us know <laughs> i would yeah i mean I, I don't know but and you know i was thinking about um other bands that are sort of like from their era that they're friends with like are they still producing good music is it just like a product of their age but like bro they're like really good friends with primus and primus fucking claps bro and Oh no, Primus is that new. We just fucked. We just talked about Slipknot. Slipknot. Yeah, I mean that. That's the thing is that I like any excuse that I want to hide Tool behind. I'm I'm not really being able to find. So that's that's upsetting. But I I kind of wonder a little bit if Maynard had not been as you know public about some of this stuff, 
you know, I still don't think that musically I would have been on board. I feel I may, may be less harsh, you know, given the benefit of the mm-hmm. doubt on some of this stuff, but 13 years is fucking 13 years. It is. Like, <laughs> I can't, that's, you know, you came back with a product, whether I knew anything about it or not, you know, it's, what'd you do? What'd you do? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. And I mean, I, I think we'll leave it there with Tool. I mean, go go listen to it. Go form your own opinions. Uh, and, and this is going to sound like a joke, but I, I honestly mean this. Uh, and also, disclaimer, I'm not endorsing anyone go do any sort of drugs or alcohol. But also, like, this album probably fucking rules. What a if, druggist. <laughs> this album probably fucking rules if you're just, like, fucked up on drugs or something. I mean, I'm... No, 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 no. Not this album. Lie I mean, obviously, well, well, don't even, don't, don't even recommend this. Because like, <laughs> I fucking fall asleep to it. I would go fucking give me any drug. I'd be like, oh shit, I'm gonna take a nap. Fucking put lateralis on, turn on the black light, and let's fucking do this. I did that as a fucking teenager. Or, <laughs> not even that probably. When you know we'd buy black lights and fucking strobe lights from fucking Spencer's Gifts. I mean, turn this shit on. I don't even do drugs, and I was fucking tripping. Let's do this. So I mean, lateralis. Yeah. Is the one you want to be on? I mean, it's a, yeah, it's like, all right. Is, it's always lateralis. That is an experience. Tell you, try and tell me that there is an experience behind fear. There's and not. What no, it's it's not. Other than, damn, I want an apple. <laughs> like, like lateralis. Fucking, it's start to finish. That is a fucking it album. Is. Like, I want an album. Yeah. I don't want songs. I want an album. And this is just shit on the cutting room floor. Like, I can't. <sighs> I can't, and I will well, not. Well, I and and you shouldn't. You should like it. That is the quote. That I'll put that on the back of the I album. Can't, I can't and I should not. Griffin Holt, the Audio Files podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm passionate, yeah. damn it. I'm fucking that, that's what I want. Is It's Feel like, it. a, for any stand-up fans out there, it's like the, the Brian Regan joke where it's talking about like where all the reviews come from nowhere. Like, excellent, says Chang's Chinese takeout menu. <laughs> uh. That's basically, but it's I can't and I will not. Griffin Holt, the other yeah, podcast. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Uh, Danny Carey's fucking knocking on your door. Yeah. He's got his fucking Komodo Joe grill behind him. Like, bro, can we hang out? <laughs> uh, if I get an opportunity to see Tool Live at this point, I don't even want to. See I don't think live, I do. I, if they if they I were missed, at a festival, yeah, the if they were at a festival or something that I was at, like if, if I would have gone to that year of Rock on the Range uh, when they were there, I, I would have loved it, but whatever yeah i mean it's i've seen enough of it live i think they do put on a cool show but like i i kind of disagree if i saw that those songs live i think i'd be bored like it's just it's too it's too long too much there's not enough change but play something that fucking you know clearly worked uh you know off earlier albums yeah i'm fucking here for it i wish i could re i wish i could hear lateralis for the first time now. yes and see if it holds up based on all the musical. Not like is it is it a nostalgia thing or is it really good? I, no, I think I truly feel I, I, really yeah. Good. I think that one is is completely um, off limits. It's not, it's not Daphne Loves Derby. Yeah, it's not, it's not Daphne Loves Derby. But, uh, which which is more of a nostalgia thing. But if there's anybody out there who has not heard Lateralis, yeah, what the uh, fuck before that's listening to this, you know, listen to that. And I would love to, have, you know, somebody to comment and just say, you know, oh, like this changed my fucking life. Uh, I will say. Uh, well, I know our friend Matt, he likes 10,000 Days more, but his kind of reason is he didn't really get, I don't think he got into Tool until, until, th- until 10,000 Days. Fuck. That, that's uh, a tongue twister. It is. But uh, I was going to say last week, uh, he heard our episode about Bon Iver and he's been texting me. He's like, bro, I'm fucked up. I didn't know that this even existed. Or he's like, I thought this shit was for, you know, fake hipsters, uh, urban outfitters. <laughs> And I'm like, well, you're not wrong, but like, he's he's too talented to, to ignore. But like, it really fucked him up. Well, so. 
even though he's our friend, I like hearing stuff like that. So if there's somebody out there who hasn't heard Lateralis and can at least listen to it and hate it or love it, but um, and that may not be anybody who listens to us, but I'd be curious. Do you get the same experience? Because that is a put on the headphones, fucking zone out, and just it needs to be heard loud and fucking you know you need to dive into yeah. it. And I want I, I, d- I try to do that with this because that's what I expected to get out of Fear Inoculum, but. And I don't know if, it, like I said, I don't, I don't know what the factors are. Somebody out there loves it, and that's good. Yeah, well, it, it ju- judging, yeah, judging by the amount of plays it has, and like I said, the reviews from mainstream places that I've seen, some somebody does love it. It is not necessarily us. That's okay. Um, but yeah. you know, that's well. As here's what I'm saying is that uh, hopefully Half Life Three will do me better than Fear Inoculum. <laughs> oh shit! I'm glad you said that. Uh, so. Um, if you've ever played Doom Three, which um, boy howdy have I? The if you remember, like in the main menu, like it kind of it's like some ambient thing, and then it starts up with like this fucking metal riff. It is literally a redone version of Lateralis, like the the main riff in that song. It, it gets me amped every time. <laughs> it's it's a bla- it's a blatant fucking ripoff, and I'm okay with it. Um, but it, every time I've revved that game up, I'm just like, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've never thought about that. Now I'm gonna so go play it and find out. Yeah, go. I'm sure you can YouTube it and figure it out. But it's it's like that. Sa- it's the same fucking riff. It's just it's literally what Tool does. Tool. So you know, 19 or 18 years later, they did the same thing to themselves. Yeah. But um, yeah, whoever wrote the soundtrack to Doom Three was like, oh man, I fucking love Tool. Uh, I'm just gonna take these same fucking riffs and just play them backwards. Like, I mean, it's literally just like they played it backwards. Uh, yeah, it rips, I was to say that's if they're like that's like the perfect soundtrack for fucking Doom though. Yeah, mm. I, I bet you can find the. I was gonna see if it's on Spotify. There's something that says Doom Three theme, but I don't. Oh yeah, that that'd be nice if they. I'm sure there's a soundtrack. Uh, I guess it's just there's the latest soundtrack. The new Doom yeah. there is. Uh, but you can probably YouTube it or just turn the fucking game on. Everybody's got a copy. Of yeah, come on, guys. It's it's on literally like every console. Yeah, I think we share it on. Uh, I think I have it on yeah. Steam now. So yeah, <laughs> it is. It it's everywhere. Um, anyway, but yeah, just get to the main menu and you're gonna. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when the first time we started playing that, like because we bought that or a friend brought that opening night uh, or downloaded it, whatever, you know, and back then it was still dial up, but uh, I don't know. Maybe he bought it. I can't remember. We probably bought it because they probably didn't have an online service then, but either way, we, we got it opening night and revved that up and played it all night. But I, even then, when, when did that come out? Two, yeah. 2003. 2003. I remember even because nobody in that friend group was really a big tool fan like I was or big enough to know that that riff was the same. I was just like, oh, shit. Is this <laughs> you just instantly like <laughs> touched your all, third eye. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Basically all the way back then. So like now hearing every time I hear it, I can't be like, oh, let's just turn on lateralis and see what yeah. it sounds like. <laughs> Damn. Well, uh, <laughs> looks like I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm playing yeah, playing so, Doom 3 BFG uh, edition. Oh, it's God. That is still a stupid mm. game. Mm-mm-mm. Choice. Let's do that game and podcast real quick. Yeah. Um, so next yeah. episode. <laughs> We're pivoting, pivoting, pivoting. D- tool Dang, fucking shut it down. Got to lock up the tool so, shed. There we do. Fucking tool yeah, tool, tool does tool, baby. Episode nine. Uh, all right. Well, uh, oh, that, that's it. That's all I have to say that's, about that. That's it then. Um, like I said, may, maybe in, in some... Uh, some fucking days of future past episode we'll we'll go and talk about this album again and maybe we'll feel differently but yeah no we should i mean hopefully we're still doing this but yeah we should definitely revisit things yeah it's i mean this we keep saying that but i think that if if anything this album deserves to probably be revisited more than some of the others because not not much else takes like so much dedication and time (laughs) 
that probably makes more sense like a year in. Yeah. If we, I mean, we, never, we, haven't, we haven't talked that far in the future, but, you know, I'm sure we're going to do best ofs or something and maybe yeah. say revisit revisit some of these heavy hitters of yeah because i i mean yeah it, it has it has been a fucking big year for music and i think that uh i, I mean that's also part of it is i mean that, that when you're slammed with so many things uh in such a short time frame i mean it's it's hard for your brain to to digest it all and like and it, it's got to stand out uh in the midst of so many other things being released um mainstream or otherwise so that yeah. that's that's the the mark you got to aim to hit um but Anyway, guys, I think that is going to pretty much take us where we need to be on this episode, this lovely episode nine. Um, we appreciate you guys listening to us talk uh, about all of these uh, slightly more negative than usual opinions uh, about an album. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we do try to be, you know, fairly positive. I, I think my negativity is more towards the band than the... Yes, and, and, and but, you know, and I think that that's, I think that's good because we, I don't <laughs> want everybody to think that we just like everything that comes along. I think that uh, we, we, no. we very much will wear our hearts on our sleeves if we're not necessarily happy with it. Uh, and I'm, you know, I've, they're all getting emails from me personally about what I think about this album. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, uh, I haven't mentioned it yet this episode, uh, at least formally, but if you are still not following our Spotify playlist, uh, please go do that. All the music that we talk about gets featured on there, um, and you'll be able to go and keep up with what we're doing. Uh, it's just getting longer and longer i mean it's you'll have plenty of music to keep you occupied if you go on there and listen to the whole thing it is updated every single week um and you'll get a lot of different stuff on there and then now it seems like because i mean i'm gonna put tool on there so you're gonna be listening you know like a bon Iver track and then all of a sudden out of nowhere you're gonna get like a 15 minute tool track so you're welcome uh <laughs> but anyway go follow go make some go make some coffee yeah some exactly put, put it on while you're doing your morning stretches uh Go follow that playlist on Spotify. You can just search the audio files playlist. You can also follow the link in our Instagram bio, and that'll take you where you need to be. We are on Instagram, obviously, uh, with the username at audiofilespod, all lowercase, all one word. You can also find us on Twitter on there, but the Twitter is fairly inactive. Reach out to us on Instagram primarily. Um, we are very quick to get back to you, uh, and I have so graciously given Griffin access to the account as well now, so you could be getting... Oh, I'm, uh, I'm fucking shit up now. <laughs> you could be getting responses from me or from Griffin. <laughs> you just don't know, and that's part of the fun. So go on there, message us. And we'll never tell. Yeah, we're not going to sign who is uh, talking back, so just be careful <laughs> what you say. Uh, and anyway, we're, we're happy to interact with you guys on there. Like I said, we've been getting more and more each episode. Um, I don't, you know, tools, tool could be sort of a, such a long winded thing. Um, you know, feel free to slide in the DMS. If you don't want to comment your opinions, we'll, we'll talk to you there, but go ahead and follow us there. You can find me on my personal account at Quinn KH, uh, and Griffin hit us with that personal information. It's Griffin Holt, baby. And I am now going to hack your life. Uh, <laughs> so feel free to message us on the personal accounts as well. And that's going to be it. Uh, we we don't necessarily have any super pressing albums coming out uh, next week to talk about. Uh, we still have plenty of things that um, are sort of on the docket, but we can move away from the big releases. We made it through August, and uh, we appreciate you guys taking that journey with us. Yeah. So anyway, guys. Thank you. We love y'all, and we'll see you next week. Bye.